Hello and welcome to the Intentional Soul, the home for the highly functioning spiritual types out in the world. It is here that we look at the world and ourselves through the lens of higher consciousness, connecting deeply to who and what we really are. Now, my name is Tom Ross, spiritual teacher, healer, spiritual nonconformist, and I am your host for these conversations. On the Intentional Soul, we hear not only from me, but from people who are living intentionally, openly, and authentically in their world. We'll hear their stories of personal transformation while sharing best practices and tactics to help you get the most out of this game called life. Now, nothing is off limits as we seek to expand ourselves and our awareness and live, ultimately, our most authentic lives. Let's dive in. All right, with us today is Griff Williams. Griff was a firefighter, fire brigade, actually, in London, and he found himself taking a new path after life threw him a curveball with a personal loss when he was 28. Now, later, after attending his second 10-day silent Vipassana retreat in India, he decided to commit his time to spread the word about the life-changing impacts and benefits of meditation. And Griff now is a founder of Mind Easy, which is a mindfulness meditation service that helps people find their own path into meditation. Griff, welcome to The Intentional Soul. Hey, Tom. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So talk to us about your, like about yourself and, a, and about your background. Like I'm a fire brigade firefighter and now I run a meditation service. Like those are, are seemingly on the outside, two disparate paths. Uh, talk to us about, about what brought you to where you are right now. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, it was a bit of, um, was a bit of an unusual journey, I suppose. So yeah, I grew up in London. Um, I joined the fire brigade. I uh, came a firefighter when I was uh, quite young. I was 18 when I um, when I got into it. Kind of just fell into it, which um, I generally seems to be the pattern of my life. Just uh, things turn up and <laughs> I, uh, they pull me in. Um, I've been doing that for oof, I've probably been doing it for about nine nine years, and then me and my girlfriend decided to um, I, I decided to take a year out. The fire brigade offered me a like a a career break option. Uh, so we decided we'd go do a bit of volunteering and live in India for a year. While we were out there, we met a few people at the, uh, we were working at school who had um, also taken the Vipassana and uh, quite like, became quite interested in it. And I think um, just a few people just heard about it. And more than anything, I just thought that sounds like a bit of a fun challenge to put myself up for kind of like, a, you know, 10 days silent, this sounds like a quite interesting thing to do. Well, but, so, yeah. on, you're, you're, you're 28 at this point and you're like, you know, it'd be right. awesome. A send a 10 day silent meditation retreat is that, that was, that sounded like a, uh, an adventure. Yeah. It sounded like an adventure. I just sounded like a challenge. I think and my girlfriend, well, that sounds quite, quite gnarly, you know, like I wonder what that's like. And I, yeah. I guess kind of in that mindset when you're out in India, you know, you want to kind of throw yourself into that kind of stuff. So, um, so yeah, um, but before that even happened, yeah, while I was, while we we're away, unfortunately, my dad had a heart attack back in, back home, and uh, found out, rushed home, uh, you know, from the middle of a forest in the middle of nowhere. We were living in India in this uh, school, and uh, was home for, for a while, um, for about a month, like doing a funeral and all that kind of stuff. Uh, came back and then 
decided to continue because I still had my year off, you know. So uh, kind of thought, let's go back and make the most of it. It's what he would have wanted. And then, yeah, eventually we decided, okay, let's give that thing a go. And then uh, just during the Vipassana, I, I kind of thought, yeah, I mean, a lot came up. They're very hard things. I don't know if you've ever done the, like 10 days of silence, but more than it being a 10 day of silence thing, it's a um, like 10 hours of just meditation a day, which is quite like just in reflecting. It's intense. Had you had had you had meditation practice or experience prior to uh, this uh, this you know ten day retreat? Uh, no, no. So well, I was kind of always been interested in that kind of stuff, to be honest. But okay. um, I don't think anything more than I don't know, like laying down and trying some binaural beats or like just you know a, a ten minute go at it, like here and there, you know. So nothing really. Yeah. Nothing where I kind of like experienced the benefits of it. And like there was one time while practicing that first one. Most of the time it was just a struggle, to be honest. I was just, uh, had a lot of stuff going in my head. I was probably like dealing with a lot of grief. And like the first four days of the Vipassana, um, you just focused on the breath. And, you know, you focus on the breath for two seconds and you realize you're not focusing on it anymore. And then you're like, oh God, this is impossible. <laughs> and I had this moment when my mind just, just like flipped into a new state and I was like well I'm not fair I'm just fully focused now on something and I've never experienced anything like that it was like a real just a change of state and I like left the meditation hall and I just felt this like sense of focus and sense of sereneness I guess it's very hard to describe um uh, that I hadn't felt before and that really just like gave me an insight that there was something to it really and it wasn't until I got back to England and probably been a couple years that's actually where I did the second one. Yeah, where I, uh, it, it kind of all clicked a bit more. Um, I was still in the fire brigade then. And then, uh, yeah, I guess the idea for Mind Easy came up is like after that, I think just while, while you do the Vipassana's and just learning about meditation nowadays, there's just so many different like takes on it. Like you have a spiritual take on it, like the Vipassana is very much a like Buddhist approach. And some of the language, maybe if you're not ready for it, can seem a bit out there. And, um, you know, the modern approach to mindfulness is very much to, like, leave that aside and just talk about, like, this is for your wellness. This is going to help you focus, you know. This is for your, you know, the mental health wellness side of it. And you also have, like, a lot of people who do it, saying, like, Silicon Valley, who are just like, this is going to make you more focused and productive for your job. Right. Like, kind of just for my kind of light bulb moment was like, oh, well, was taking the, the stuff I was take, like learning in the Vipassana, the Buddhist side of it, translating it to myself into to something that made sense to me and then just realizing, oh, maybe a lot of the way people are getting turned off by this stuff is, you know, it's essentially always saying the same thing, but a different way. So I thought, why not just ask people like, look, how, how do you want to hear about this? And like, then we can present it to you like that. And that's kind of the birth of Mind Easy. Um, and then I was doing Mind Easy for... My, maybe a year on the long side of the fire brigade and then decided you know i've been doing fire brigade for over 10 years maybe it's time to just dive into this and uh yeah it was both the best and worst decision i've ever made in my life yeah <laughs> that's awesome yeah so um i want to restate and and it sounds like uh you were describing meditation and people who are practitioners of meditation and know the profound benefits of meditation many times are essentially trying to Trojan horse 
the med like the the real benefits of meditation through whatever medium someone you know so silicon valley like you said you're going to make more money because you're going to be more focused you know whatever or name your industry like what are the buzzwords that get this person interested in like taking the taking the step and and you guys and you at mind easy you, you just decided it's like hey there's this thing that's amazing how actually taking it to them instead of trying to cram some version of dogma and, and, and bullshit down their throat. You're just being honest, you know, about like what, like how, how would this reach you? What would be important to you about, uh, about taking something like that? Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah, exactly. I mean, my initial product was just a Vipassana course that I wrote in three different ways. And I just, you know, be like, I did a few different courses written in different ways. And I said, you know, um, yeah, just do a, do an online for like, you know, a kind of funnel and just like, tell me what do you want out of this? And we'll present it to you like that. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I guess I always do like to see it as a bit of a gateway, whatever it is, it's, whatever way you're presenting it is a bit of a gateway drug to the hardcore Buddhism in the end of the day anyway. Well, I mean, it's, 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 you know, for people that are drawn to deeper understanding of themselves and, uh, and deeper states of awareness, just in general, all paths lead to, you know, the same, yeah. you know, kind of spot so but but you know would you mind kind of like parsing out like a little bit of about like vipassana like what is because there's a lot of and there's a lot of people who don't know really what meditation is it's like a buzzword that doesn't have any contextual understanding or like mindfulness like what like like what is mindfulness how is that different than let's say let's say a practice of a of a, a vipassana meditation what are the benefits of 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 each sure yeah and you're totally right like meditation is such a broad term and um just an umbrella term for all these different techniques which have you know, different outcomes and different ways of approaching them, which is again, another thing I wanted to do with Mind Easy is to be like, what, you know, what do you want out of this? And like this, this is the technique which can help you get it. You know, this yeah. is a technique in the way you want to find it. So like, you know, Vipassana specifically um, is about trying to, how's the best way to say it? Trying to create a, like understanding the state of equanimity. Uh, that's kind of what you're there to do. So that's quite a will lot. You, uh, will, you, will you describe what is equanimity? Because uh, I don't, I, I don't, I can't, if I'm sure. taking my eyes off you, if I Google it right now. No, yeah, yeah. It, it basically means non-reaction, I suppose. Okay. Way. Like to be equanimous about something is to be not um, distant and not kind of like avoidant. But like you can sit with it when it's there. And, that, and that's both with, you know, difficult emotions, also pleasant ones, because ultimately like pleasant things you end up craving and, and wanting more mm -hmm. uh, also leads to like a state of like this satisfaction. So it's being able to notice the thing and not react to it, remain equanimous to it. And then Vipassana is just a technique which like helps you learn that. So, I mean, I just, I walk you through, if you take a, I did a 10 day course through um, the Goenka Foundation. They have them all over the world. They are free or you pay what you want uh, at the end. I couldn't recommend them more to anyone. Uh, you know, the first four days, 
it lays the foundation where you just practice anapana and say just the breath, just like being focused on the breath. And then the actual vipassana technique um, where you try to gain this state of equanimity is um, you basically, the end goal is to sit very still for an hour without moving a muscle and just do a body scan and just, while you're doing that body scan, say, and you know, while not moving for an hour, a lot comes up, like something will begin to cramp. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you'll start to think of something and just to like get to that part of your body and be like, okay, that's cramping. I'm not going to react. I'm not going to get up and move. I'm just going to observe it for a bit, move on to the next bit of my body. And then you come back and there it is again. And then you're like, oh, it's gone now. And it just, it's teaching you the, you know, the teaching you the quality of impermanence and, uh, how to remain equanimous to it. So, I mean, that's just one technique which teaches that. And then, you know, you could do something also for like on Mind Easy, a mantra meditation course is another meditation technique that I taught myself, which I find is just very good for like focusing the mind. You know, I practice it in the morning and it just puts me in like a very like uh, straight state of mind and like very focused. So two different things, I in my mind, very different, but both under that umbrella term of meditation. You've talked about just the meditation, the power of meditation and, and transformation. How have you experienced yourself transforming uh, through the practice of meditation? And then and what do you see uh, other people being able to, to transform in themselves? Yeah, again, I guess it's, it's what you want. Um, I think gaining, like learning about equanimity from Vipassana has been like, it's usually beneficial to me, like just in your everyday life. It doesn't make you perfect by any means that like you're never going to react to stuff, but it just gives you that little buffer. I think sometimes where, you know, you'll get in a little argument with your girlfriend or, you know, something happens on the road and it annoys you. And you just, because you practice looking inside and noticing those things come up, it just gives you that little bit of like metacognition to be like, Oh, I'm feeling this way. I don't have to continue like reacting to it and just snowballing this stuff out. And then like, it just gives you this little gap that like lets you kind of like step back and just be like, I'm not going to just observe this now. Also as practice, I found the very profound is like loving kindness meditation where, you know, you just sit and you're just trying to generate like those feelings of like compassion and empathy towards people and like and just you know just leaves me feeling um just like happy and uh you know you just go out into the world and like the way you interact with people because you've just like been thinking about being compassionate for half an hour makes you that way and like you always get back what you put out right so you go out in the world compassionate people give you that back and it just makes like life so much richer in my opinion i hope that answers the question yeah yeah no it's uh it's it's uh, terrific. And, um, you know, when you, when you talk about the buffer, uh, it reminds me of, of, let's say, you know, this is not meditation related, but Viktor Frankl, um, you know, in, in his book, Man's Search for Meaning, when, you know, he goes down and he talks about like the last thing that a human being has, they can take everything away from you. The last thing that you have is that the ability to kind of like choose, you know, a, a response to something that, there's always that split second between stimulus and response. And it's like, it's like the act of the act of equanimity, the ability to sit with 
like kind of like expands that space so that when a thing happens, you know, oh, a thing is happening and I'm not necessarily responding, responding to it. How do I choose? You know, is there yeah. not a response? So it's like a, my my hallucination of, of what you're of the phenomenon that you're describing is like spreading open the space where everything be, can be OK before you decide, then you choose what to do. Uh, on the other side of the stimulus. Um, so would you say that 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 produces more feelings of of just kind of like peace or all is or or all is well? like what's the what's the practical benefit that you uh, that you experience in a on a uh, personal level? yeah, I, I would I would say that it's just just not having to get you know carried away by by emotions it's almost a superpower sometimes and like that just reverberates out into your whole life and yeah just leaves you with me personally yeah just makes me feel a lot more peaceful and just a lot more happier yeah so you're in the fire brigade you take that that initial you do that initial 10-day uh silent retreat vipassana uh you know in india you have the tragedy with the, with your dad uh, you know, uh, just before that occurs you come back you're living your life you go back uh into into brigade and then you do another one, and then at some point you're making a decision you know, to to leave fire and and devote yourself full time to 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 the mind easy. Well, I'm assuming that there was a component of faith or courage that you had to you know uh, you've had to deploy <laughs> in that process. You know, would you would you talk about that? Would you talk about maybe the impact that your learnings and your transformation from meditation? you know, brought to that process for you sure definitely i mean i guess the the thing that's just made me take the step is just because i don't know i'm impulsive but also i just felt it just really felt pulled towards just being like okay this is the right thing to do and um and it's quite funny really I, i'd say the least mindful part of my life for a while was building a mindfulness website or just being an <laughs> entrepreneur it's, you know, it's the biggest, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And yeah. uh, I had no experience with entrepreneurship or web building and all this stuff. I was very naive. And spiritual then I... And running a spiritual teaching business are two wholly different things or building a spiritual teaching business, two totally yeah. different Yeah. I mean, just building an online business from, you know, working every day, you know, outside, with my friends, the fire brigade, the work is very reactive. Something happens and you do it. To working by myself behind a screen, having to figure out what what I have to do. Like, you know, there's always, you know, my my, my original ideas for my deeds I still want to achieve, but like I've had to swerve off in like a hundred different ways to to find what works. And um yeah, I I'd, I'd say Meta's like I'm definitely May, would have quit before if I uh, if I hadn't had those like practices in place because sometimes you are just like you know I'm sure you know entrepreneurship is just failure after failure after failure and uh, you've got to build a bit of resilience and uh, you've got to be able to look at yourself when you're being like what have I done just to be like this isn't permanent like don't <laughs> worry it's going to be okay <laughs> I feel it so yeah um, yeah totally different world. Yes, yeah, so that that uh, that there's a 
a faith that gets developed or got developed in your experience of impermanence. And you're able to kind of like apply that over towards the frustration that you were understandably experiencing in the uh, yeah. building. Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially during COVID when, I mean, that was kind of yeah during the beginning of it. So it was just like even less, even more of oh an isolated God. experience. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. So <laughs> There were parts of COVID that didn't feel very impermanent <laughs> as we were <Yeah>. going. <laughs> but it was. Yep. Have you been kind of like a, a a lone wolf in your in your development, or is there a community of people that you've pl- that you plugged into in your area uh, that yeah, as you kind of been on this path, this this meditative you know path, or even even not even just like in the personal spiritual journey just in the in the entrepreneurship are you lone wolfing that or is there a community of people that that are uh, you tap into for support uh lone wolfing it really um i probably should do better at networking i mean i just i felt i like i you know talk on facebook groups or you know reddit groups when they run into technical issues and stuff like this but not with any kind of real community battle like people i i really know so yeah yeah basically just just solopreneur just trying to figure out and i think as it's grown now i'm getting to the stage where i can entice people into it a bit more because i have a bit more of a bigger audience and i can say you know hey look do you want to get involved and it seems like people's worried so that's something i'm looking forward to in the future hopefully building up a bit more of a team and having more people involved but yeah for the last three or four years it's just been me is what you're doing right now, is it, is it what you imagined uh, the, the business would be like where you, not the path to get there, but like where you are now, or are you still pretty far out from, from what the vision is for yourself? Yeah, I'd say quite far away. I mean, I'm, there's, there's always just so much you want to do. I mean, essentially I, ran, I had an, an initial and angel investor, some money to get me going with it and then ran out of money and realized, I had to learn how to market for free, essentially. So my main, other than meditation, my main skills in the last like year I've been developing is like search engine optimization, SEO, just because I've, that's the way you, you can do that. Um, so I guess, that, I mean, like at the moment, the main driving force behind MindEasy is it's a kind of spiritual niche blog where I blog about like different spiritual aspects, which I find really fun and I, I love learning about like lots of different aspects of stuff and i think it's gonna in the long run open up but um yeah once that's kind of got me to a place where i can then invest back into developing more courses and kind of like recreating that main vision it's it's still something I'm, i'm trying to work towards where in this process as you as you've navigated this transformation have you had to be uh your most flexible i mean all i think during the whole thing um I've I've tried so many. There's been so many so many iterations of uh, of this business that I've had to change. I mean, initially it was like a email. I was trying to email people with their meditations, which in hindsight I think was a terrible idea. Then it was a you know a membership WordPress site. Then it's a blog. Hopefully it'll be an app one day, and I'd like to take it into the real world eventually. Um, but uh, yeah, during the whole thing, I think I've the one business book i read i don't know if you've read it is the lean startup about um that's i'm gonna write it down though yeah it's really good but i mean the main message behind it is just be be flexible just be willing to pivot don't hold on to 
the thing which isn't working and um, just let the business shape itself in a way rather than you trying to hold on to like your, your vision or something. But I'm, I'm asking these questions because I'm literally like, I'm, I'm, I'm at the point where you and the fire brigade happening at the, uh, the mind easing fire brigade happening at the same time. Like that's, that's part of where I oh, am yeah. <laughs> as well. So I'm like, Ooh, t- tell me the goods. Tell me how we're. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> If you were, oh, was there was there a, a certain point where you just like knew that you needed to kind of like uh, like was it after the second Vipassana retreat was it like a bolt of lightning like I must do this thing or what was the process by which you decided that you needed to kind of get this information out into the out into the world? Yeah, I guess after the second one, I was just sitting sitting around in the fire station, I think, and like had. Well, it's just kind of like, because I, I mean, my opinions of meditation, I've definitely become, I'm definitely approaching more from the spiritual side of things now. But at the time, I I didn't. So I was kind of just running over the stuff in my head that had been presented to me in a very Buddhist way and then like translating it into a way which worked, was working for me. And that's kind of like when that moment was like, oh, this is what I should do. And then this is how I should share it that kind of just like initially just got me started and pushed me in that direction. I don't, I think there wasn't, it, it was a slow build. It was a big thing to leave fiber. It was such a big part of my life and such a big part of my identity, but it definitely didn't. Um, it definitely took a, a year of, of building up to, but um, I mean, the truth is I was in, I was doing, a, I started when I was 18 and I was probably going to be doing it until I was 55 and, I think I just made the decision that I just didn't want to be doing the same job in the same city for my whole life. And that was my opportunity to do it. And like, like I said, I was probably quite impulsive and, <laughs> and did it. And uh, yeah, it's definitely been a few moments and I've uh, regretted it, but I'm at a place now where I'm really happy with, uh, with, with where things are at. That's awesome. So with the success uh, so far with, with, you know, what you're, and by the way, you're, you know, the website at mindeasy.com is, it is, there's so much incredible content there's, and it is uh, amazing. Um, what's Thank you. the biggest challenge that you're still, that you're still uh, working through? There's so many. I mean, I'm so just focused on the blog at the moment, but um, the biggest challenge has always just been to like really grow the, the meditation product. And uh, to push that, and just uh, paid marketing, I guess that's uh, something I have to build up, and was always very unsuccessful at. And uh, that can just be a money pit if you're no good at it. So it's been a, that right. was, uh, the biggest challenge. What would what would you say to someone who is, let's say, I know a few people who who are probably would be good candidates for meditation and maybe they're, maybe they're just resistant for one reason or the other. Many t- I think a, a lot of times for me, um, I see people who get caught up in the dogma uh, associated, you know, with meditation. Yeah. I don't want that, you know, it's, Oh, those people do that or it looks like, you know, this. So if you've got, uh, what would you say to someone who, if they're being honest with themselves is like a little bit curious about meditation, you know, but they just don't want to, associate and kind of get bogged down with everybody else's with, with their judgments on everybody else's stuff. Like what would you say to somebody who's in that position to, to get them to kind of just like give it a run. And what kind uh, of- it's, such, it's such a hard like line to walk because 
on one side of it, you've got, I mean, like a lot of people call it the mindfulness kind of like approach of, uh, you know, and you just like feed people these kind of like salesy buzzwords of just like, you know, more focus, better sleep, uh, all this stuff like you're, you know, selling them, you know, I don't know, just like a, a great little device and uh, it's going to solve all their problems. And um, unfortunately, with with meditation and why it can be quite hard for sell is because so many things on the um, in today's world and the stuff you buy online is such like quick fixes, mm-hmm. um, you know. And like with meditation, it takes time. Right? It's hard and uh, <laughs> it's going to be frustrating. And um, but I think people have to find their own way there, really. Um, and just like like I like I just try to have you know try to capture people like I've been trying to do and you know every different kind of direction towards it and say you know if you want it for this it will do this and it it does uh it can help you in this way but people really have to take that step and like sit down and be like I'm ready to ready to explore well you're exploring your own mind basically and uh I think there's a certain amount of curiosity which has to, it's going to be hard, it's hard to convince people of that. But I think meditation has changed so much in the last, say, 20 years. I mean, it's like at the place where exercise used to be, you know, when people would be like, you know, why are you out, you know, 50 years ago, someone see someone running, you'd be like, what are you running from? Exactly. And now, now if you're not exercising, we feel guilty about it. I know I do. And uh, I think meditation's moving into that point now where people, especially the newer generation are really interested in self-care and uh, and there's, there's nothing better for that really. So I, I think it kind of is finding its own way in people's lives. Awesome. Last question. If you were going to share someone with someone who was longing to take a risk, you know, actually, actually, you know, maybe make a, a leap that, that you've, you know, similar to, to a leap that you've made, but whatever that is in their own life, uh, and they're scared, like, what would you, what would you want to tell them or like, let, let them know to potentially, you know, give them a chance to make a transformation in their lives? I think the most important lesson for me in this I've got from this is that you have to learn to enjoy failing because when you start anything, you, you're just going to fail constantly. And like, if you see failure as a um, as a reflection on yourself, and uh, you know it's very easy to get disheartened, but like if you reframe it as like this is just a process of learning and you getting better, then um, each failure isn't isn't a bad thing. It's each, each failure is just like a next step, and really they are successes in their own kind of way. Awesome. <laughs> Griff, thank you so much for spending some time with us uh, today. What is the best way for people in the community to connect with you and connect with uh, with your work? You just head to mindeasy.com, find a course you like, sign up. If uh, you know, and part of MindEasy's service is for like it's not just the courses, but I'm a certified meditation instructor at the British School of Meditation, and um, I'll be there always like at the end of an email to support people through their meditation journey there's always questions there's always things people need and uh you know you email me i email you back basically it's just it's still a small thing um 
uh, yeah, just uh, just get on there and uh, connect, and we'll uh, we'll figure it out together. That's awesome. Congratulations on uh, on everything, and look forward to staying in contact in the future. Thanks, Riff. No worries. Cheers. All right, this has been another episode of the Intentional Soul Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Remember to leave a five-star review if you found this content of value. And as always, I'm your host, Tom Ross, Master Practitioner of the Advanced Rapid Enlightenment Process and Rapid Enlightenment Process developed by Matthew Ferry. You can reach me at Tom at TomRossTalks.com and the website to engage and be a part of any classes, trainings, or sessions I have going on is www.TomRossTalks.com. Until next time, peace. Peace.